0: Amen. As we're celebrating this season, the Christmas season and dealing with the sermon series, Unwrapping Christ. And as we're unwrapping Christ and there's so many gifts inside of Christ that we celebrated, we talked about how he's uh, the redeemer. We talked about how he's a friend. And today we're going to talk about how he's Emmanuel. And, and look on, we sing the song, Emmanuel, come on, let us adore him, bow down before him. We want to look at Emmanuel. What does it mean? That they call Jesus Emmanuel, and and, and as you think about this, because Emmanuel translated means God with us, and the popular song during the Christmas season, "I'll Be Home for Christmas." Uh, why does that song is popular? What does it mean? So, because when someone's home or gone away, right, they're coming home for Christmas. You're waiting for them to show up, because you want to spend time with that person. There's a power and presence. There's something different saying, "I love you" over the phone. They're able to say, I love you face to face. There's something saying, I'm giving you a hug on the t- through an email, sending those zeros and X's, kisses and hugs, compared to when I can physically give you a kiss and a hug. There's something more special about the touch. There's something special about when somebody holds your hand. There's something special when somebody can just stand in that room and show their presence and say, I am with you. There's something special when somebody says, I have your back. There's something special when somebody says, I'll go with you. You don't have to go alone. And what we're finding out that there is something special in Jesus, that we call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Just as it's special to have a friend with you, just as it's special to have your spouse with you, just as it's special for children to grab onto their parents' legs when they're scared, just to know that mommy and daddy is with them, there's something just as and even more special. To know that God is with us. Looking in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, first chapter, looking at verse 18. And in the beginning of the verse, uh, Minister Moore was reading, uh, it deals with the genealogy. and, And the genealogy is showing that Jesus is coming through the line of David. And there's something special about this lineage of David because the lineage of David is the messianic lineage. The lineage of David is the lineage that God promised King David that he will forever be on the throne, that his seed will forever be on the throne. And so the children of Israel are aware of this prophecy. The children of of Israel are aware of God's promise to them. And and they remember this because they know that God said, I am not um, the son of man that I shall lie or that I shall change my mind or that I shall repent. God said, will I not say and will I not do? So they are aware that God will say and he will do what he says. And so they're waiting because at this time uh, there's a king that is on the throne, King Herod, but he's not of the David line. And so they're waiting for the true king. And and because of that, we we read later on how Herod was so fearful of this new king that he wanted to kill any threats. King King Herod would kill his own family if they threatened him. He was a king that was deeply threatened because he didn't gain it, but he was given his rulership. But yet we have a promise from God that's going to come through the David line. And we look at. Verse 18, reading from the King James, it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the, of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. And knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. The gift of Emmanuel. We, 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 we see here, it says, now the birth of Jesus was like this. This is how the Messiah was born. This is how the anointed one was born. This is how Christ was born. This is how the Lion of Judah was born. Joseph is realizing that Mary is pregnant before they come together. Looking at this, you realize that Joseph is in a predicament here. Uh, Joseph has promised to marry his wife, and in and, and, and the Hebrew time, in the Old Testament time, during this time, that their, their vow to be pledged in marriage is just as binding as the consummation of the marriage. And so before he had even consummated the marriage, before he has been with her, he already vowed to marry her. And so therefore they're already bound together. But yet there's a problem in this situation that the the husband-to-be found out that she's pregnant already. Have you ever dealt with a surprise in your life? Just thought everything was going to be all right and then you find out that there's a, a kink in the plant? And Joseph, now being a righteous man, does not want to make a public spectacle of her and saying, how can I privately put her away? And, and it says as he was thinking about these things, as he was coming to a conclusion of, of letting her go on her own, it says, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. In this dream, Joseph realized the promise of God. I want you to realize that in Jesus and and unwrapping Christ, each gift inside of Jesus is a promise and a promise that God gives is something that's going to outlast. It's something that's always going to keep on giving a promise from God is guaranteed to be delivered. Joseph was promised by not only through through the angel, but what God promised throughout the ages saying that the son That's within her, she's pregnant, that she's conceived is of the Holy Spirit and he's going to be a son and you will name him Jesus. Why will he name him Jesus? Well, it says that he will save his people from their sins. Looking at the gift of Emmanuel, God said that your son is going to save His people from their sins. Looking at the gift of Emmanuel, basically breaking down that God said, I realize the situation that you're in, that you can't fix it. So guess what? I am going to come and straighten it out. Isn't it good to know that you can call on somebody that can show up and fix a problem? Joseph's in a predicament. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how he should handle it. But God shows up while he's trying to figure it out. God has already showed him how to work it out. While he's thinking I should do it this way, God said, no, this is the right way. And God shows him that do not be afraid. It's comforting from God to let you know, do not be afraid. When you see do not be afraid, when you look at the text and you translate it out of the Greek, when you see this, it's a it's a, a, a specific command to let you know there's no reason to be afraid because of this. Jesus said, do not be afraid. It is me. When he was walking on water, they were scared. He said, there's no need to be afraid because it's me. Jesus, is, uh, Jesus reminded them that you don't have to be afraid. There's a reason to be afraid. But since I'm here, there's no reason to be afraid. Joseph now is told in a dream, look, there's no reason to be afraid to receive Mary Why? Because what's of her is of the Holy Ghost. And what's of her she's going to give birth of is the son, the son, my son. And you will call him Jesus. Why will you call him? Because he will save his people from their sins. Have you ever waited for somebody to show up at your house? It was a special guest. Or you're waiting for your special love on the show. You tell your mom, you tell your dad, or maybe you're going on that first date. You call everybody because you're excited. You're about to meet with somebody. I'm going on a date tonight. I'm about to be with somebody. Or maybe that child is going to Disney World for the first time. So they tell everybody in school, I'm, "I'm going to Disney World." There's something exciting when you're expecting to go somewhere or meet someone that's very special. And God's letting us know that somebody's about to show up who's very special. And this son is Jesus who will save his people. And look, and it says this is done, why? So that the prophecy will be fulfilled that's told way back in Isaiah about how a child will be born of a virgin and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I want you to grab this here, grab this sincerely, because the king that is coming is fully God and fully man. And the king that is coming, that God is letting Joseph know that you will be his father and you will have the right to give him the name Jesus. And Jesus, during that time frame, is Greek for for Joshua, just as Joshua was to save his people. Jesus, too, is going to take his people into the promised land. See the promise here? Of Emmanuel, God is breaking it down. That I will make sure you hear. Now look at this: God with us. I want you to grab. What does it mean that God is with us? Let's look in the Bible. Abraham went up on the mountaintop to kill his son. Went back, and all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord caught his wrist, and he found out that God was with him. How did you see that God was with him? There was a ram in the bush later on down the line noah realized that god was with him how did noah know that god was with him because everybody else was against him no you crazy there hasn't been rain why are you building a boat and all of a sudden the rain started coming down and noah got up in that boat and found out that god was with him. We seen later on that Moses, while they were in Egypt, they cried out to God, and God heard their cry, and he sent Moses into Egypt to tell Pharaoh, to tell Pharaoh, so God, this is God speaking, say, let my people go. You see how God is possessive. You see how God claims his people. And when God claims his people, that means he'll never leave them nor forsake them. And since God was with us, he was with them those 40 years in the wilderness. How was it here? Moses, uh, uh, what clothes are we going to wear? So their clothes never wore out. Moses, uh, do we need to get some change of shoes? Their shoes never wore out. Moses, how are we going to eat? God fed them manna. From heaven. You see, with something special, when God is with you, every time there's a problem, you can go to who's with you. Our God, who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Our God that called out the sun and called out the stars one by one. Our God is with us. There's something special there. But not even just there. Look at Joshua. When Joshua's with the people after Moses had passed on, they're looking at Joshua. Joshua's looking to God. And God tells him, I'll be with you. Just follow my instructions. Just walk around Jericho seven times. But on that seventh time, you shout out, you play the flute, you sing, and, and watch the walls come tumbling down. You see, when God is with you, it seems whenever you're facing an obstacle that seems insurmountable, there's a way to overcome it. Even that, what about David? David goes out to Goliath. Goliath is making a mockery of God's people. Calling them cowards, calling them out, saying, you're scared of me. Do you, does Israel does, does not have a champion? David hears of this mockery and says how dare you? This is one of my favorite parts. How dare you let this uncircumcised Philistine curse our God? The word went back to Saul, who was hiding in his tent, who's supposed to be the champion. Saul, the one that's head and shoulders above everybody else, was hiding in his tent, Saul, who's many years older than little baby boy. David. Say David, David was just a boy at the time. He was just a shepherd boy running an errand for his dad to go see his brothers in a camp. But yet he had more of a fighting spirit than their king. And that's why God anointed him to be king. But yet when David went out to the battlefield, Goliath said, you come out to me with a stave as if I'm a dog. But you know what David said? So I come in the name of the Lord and he will deliver you unto me. David realized that who was with him? God was with him. You see how when you have God with you, no matter what's your face, you can make it with God. That's why Paul was able to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened us. With God for us, who can be? Against us, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You see the promise of realizing how God is with us. And I want you to grab here. Not only was God with us in that spiritual way, but God said, you know what? I want to come and touch you. How good is it for someone to say they love you and they want to visit you, but they never come by to see you? How do you feel when you're in a hospital and people promise to come by and see you, but they never come? How, How do you feel when people promise I'll invite you over to my house, but you never get an invitation? Because if they don't want to be with you, guess what? They will not be with you. And they'll do whatever they can not to be with you. The most time we suffer rejection of people not want to associate with us oftentimes in school. As we saw in that skit, oftentimes if you don't dress like I dress, your hair doesn't look like my hair. I got little hair left, but, you, you know, you, you, you don't drive the car like I drive. You don't live in my neighborhood. You, you don't have the kind of the education that I have, so you can't hang around me. Oftentimes in those gangster movies, the Goodfellas movies, you know, they, they tell them that he's my friend. It's a code word saying if this is my friend, that means he's untouchable. Right. Don't mess with my friend. You mess with my friend. You mess with me, you know, in those gangster movies, you know, the Godfather. Right. You know, that's the cold word. God calls us his friend. So that makes us untouchable, (laughs) untouchable to who that means. Satan can only do so much. Look back in Job because Job was under the grace of God. I mean, so God was with him. He told Satan, you can only do so much. Do you see that when you are understanding what it means to be God with us, God said, I want to touch you. I want to be with you. So you say, well, I'm going to send my son. John 3.16 says that God loved us in this way that he gave. It was in, in, in order for God to sow his love. He had to give. What did he give? He gave his only begotten son. And I want you to look at specific. Yes, we all are children of God, but only one of them was begotten. And that was Jesus. And Jesus was born out of humility in a manger because there was no room in the inn. Jesus was born to a humble carpenter. And the Virgin Mary. And Jesus was born to be called Emmanuel. But yet look how he was born. He was born to die. But yet through his death we can live. In this process that all of us are really born to die because our life is, is destined to end. But the question is where will you spend the rest of your life? Jesus came to make it clear that you know what? I want to be with you. How long? For the rest of eternity. How do we know that Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in me. You believe in the Father. Also believe in me. Because in my Father's house are rooms of many mansions. We see this promise that Jesus says that where I go, I'm going to come back so that you May be with me also. Do You see the promise here. That Jesus loves us in such a way. That he says I want to spend all of my time with you. He gave a promise to the children. To the disciples. When he was ascending on. He says go. And make disciples. And all the nations teaching them to obey everything. I have commanded you. And he says and surely. I am with you when. Always. Until the very end. Of the age. You see the promise here? Not only did, when they crucified him on the cross and he died in the grave and he rose again on the third day and he came back and told the disciples, spent some 40 days with them, he let them know that, Lo, I will be with you always. Why? Because Emmanuel, God with us. So what does that mean for me today? That means that God's promise is true. That God's promise is true. That he will never leave me nor forsake me. That means that no matter what I am facing, with God, it's not impossible. For man is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. Look at, we just went through the Bible. Look at David. Look at uh, uh, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, They looked at a lion's den. They looked at a fiery furnace. But they said, my God can deliver me. What is it that you're facing in life? I, I know many of us are facing some financial issues, but yet I want you to know that my God can deliver me. Some of us are facing some physical ailments and some diseases in our life, but you know that my God can deliver me. I, I, I suffer with, I don't like to call it a disease, but it is. I suffer the disease of asthma, but yet by the grace of God, I know. I can make a, how do I know? Because God is with me. God, God's been with me when I haven't been taking good care of myself. I remember as a little boy, I, I I was playing soccer. My asthma was killing me, but my team needed me. And I couldn't get off the field because I was, at that time, I was always the best player. But at that time, I was the best player because I ran faster than anybody else. And I was able to Get assists and get goals. I stayed on the field. My coach never took me out. But when the game was done, I shook hands with everybody saying good game. And I fell down in the center of the field. My dad had to carry me home, put me in the car. My mom put me on the treatment. My mom scolded at me and said, boy, don't you ever do that again. But I had a feeling that I had to be on the soccer field to take care of my friends. And while I was concerned about them, my God kept my lungs breathing just long enough that my mom and my dad was able to get me home and put me on the machine so I could breathe. There's been some other times when Sam was out of breath and I woke up in the hospital. But by the grace of God, it was an oxygen tent over me. They were able to give me some adrenaline shot or whatever they did while I was knocked out. But when I woke up, I saw my mom's smiling face because I realize if it has not been for the Lord where would I be you're going to maybe go this this morning Christmas morning and open up your your eyes and maybe see no presence under your tree but I want you to realize all you got to do is open up your door and you can look up in the sky And realize that there is truly a present that's been unwrapped long time ago. Because they wrapped him at first in swaddling clothes. And then he put on some man clothes. He walked around teaching some people. But do you understand that wasn't good enough? They unwrapped him one more time. When did they unwrap my Jesus? When they decided to whip him. They whipped him all night long. But do you know what? They didn't keep him unwrapped. They wrapped him back up. And then they marched him to Calvary. And then they stripped him again (laughs) and hung him on the cross. You see how that gift was wrapped and unwrapped and wrapped just to be lifted up high. To be buried in a grave. But three days later, he rose again from the grave. And the word of God says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess on earth, on heaven and Below, And what will they confess? That he is Lord. Jesus. The only begotten son. Jesus. The one who saves us from ourselves. Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us. Do you see the promise in that? And then look at the grace of it. To know that God is with you. There's nothing too big for you. There's nothing too big for you. Joseph was concerned. How can I honor you, God? God showed him. I'll show you how. Many of you are trying to figure out what can I do to honor God? Have you turned to him? Have you let him speak to you? Have you let him show you the way? When you let God have his way with you, you see the blessing and the promise of following him. The promise of God that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. The blessing of it that God will guide you through whatever you're going through. You could be the children of Israel out in the wilderness, but yet God can provide you with clothes that will never wear out and give you food from heaven if he has to. If God has to deliver you from the fiery furnace, guess what? He can. If God has to bring, bring you out of the lion's den, guess what? He can. If God got to build, build, have you build a boat in order for you to survive over a murder flood, guess what? God can. What is it you're looking for God to do for you? Because when you let him be with you, the Bible says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Are you allowing yourself to line up in his will? Because when you follow his will, you realize how he is with you. And you can see how your life can change. This Christmas day, I want you to wake up this morning and realize that God is with me. And that's the best gift that's ever been given. Because his gift never loses its power. Because this gift came to redeem us from our sins. This gift of God being with us was a ransom paid on Calvary that neither one of us could pay. That's why God said, I will come and I will die for you. Emmanuel, the greatest gift. God is with us. God is with you. God is with me. Every head bowed, every eyes closed.